you know, during the day is when we have a lot of our clinical programming and our vaping cessation programs and private one-on-one -on -one meetings. And in the evening and afternoons is when our space is more open to peer support groups. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin FM dial at 102.9, here today with a special session talking about SAFE and their offerings. Jen Knight-Levine. Jen, how are you doing? I am doing amazing. I'm so excited to chat with you today. It's good. We need to catch up. I mean, we'd be keep passing kind of in, in some ways. And we're certainly at public events where we're together. It's always good. It's always you've been busy. <laughs> we have had a really busy few months. I mean, the summer is always pretty steady. And then as soon as the school year starts, end of August, things are off to the races. And this year it has been even more exciting than in years past for us. And the move, I'm sure, added a little bit of business to that time period. Just a little bit. <laughs> so we were really excited because over the last three years, the organization has grown so much. And we had had our office in Norfolk. And because the business has grown and developed, we really needed a larger space. And so we came over to the Mosley Mills officially October 15th. And now the entire SAFE organization um, is here in the Mosley Mills in Franklin. And we are so excited to be here. It's a beautiful, gorgeous space. Our neighbors are fabulous. And we're back in Franklin, which we're really happy about. I'll have to get over there. I remember standing in the door on the night. It was, what, a Tuesday or a Thursday? I forget. In Norfolk. It was kind of cold. So I was kind of keeping the door open so that we could keep some fresh air kind of circulating. And that was pre-COVID because shortly after that, <laughs> COVID shut kind of most of your operations down in the office. So even though you were there, you really didn't get the chance to use it right away, right? You have an incredible memory. Yes. It was a Thursday night and we were so excited to host this open house. It was the first time that the Safe Coalition had a brick and mortar location. Um, and we were really excited to get our programming underway, our in-person services. And then less than a month later, we were greeted with COVID, just like the rest of the world. And we really had to pivot and evaluate what those programs looked like. And one of the really unique things that we were able to accomplish quickly was a hybrid opportunity for folks. And mm -hmm. that has continues to be today. So every program we run has a hybrid component. And it's great because it increases access to care and it keeps those folks who don't have the opportunity to leave their homes still receiving services and support, even as the world has gone back in person. Yes, definitely. And that and the ones who are homebound certainly are just as critical, if not more critical, to get that kind of service. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, for, for some folks, life has changed. I mean, four years has gone by. And so for maybe folks who had a license before, maybe now don't, or who were not taking care of their grandchildren full-time now are, you know, mm. things, things change in all of our lives. And so to be able to provide resources in multiple ways is something that we really want to stay closely connected to it. And we're trying hard to do that. Yeah. And you've got, and I haven't had a chance to 
prior to this, but I know we we're going to be talking. But it, I think the last time I looked at your calendar, you've got something almost every day in terms of a service to an aspect of the community across the board. We sure do. So that's, you know, during the day is when we have a lot of our clinical programming and our vaping cessation programs and private one-on-one -on -one meetings. And in the evening and afternoons is when our space is more open to peer support groups. We still really want to stay connected to the community. We want to hear the needs of community and develop programming out of those needs. So every night of the week, there is a free community program that we run out of the safe offices. And we just launched on Thursday evenings, in addition to Learn to Cope, a DRA meeting, which is a dual recovery anonymous meeting. So a lot of folks that we work with have a substance use concern, or they have in the past, and also have a mental health diagnosis. And so sometimes folks would not feel comfortable going to an only AA meeting, or they would not feel comfortable going to an only Narcotics Anonymous meeting. Mm. So the DRA meeting is really a blending of both. It's a beautiful marriage, um, really created by folks with lived experience. And we're so happy to host that group here in Franklin as a new program, um, in addition to our Thursday night schedule. And if I recall, uh, a couple of your colleagues, Jim and Dr. Bergen, did a separate safe uh, episode on DRA, because I think there was also some uh, insurance aspects of that, too, which finally were resolved to recognize the dual uh, approach. Absolutely. I mean, we know inherently that folks who are impacted by mental health oftentimes have a relationship with substance use. And so why not create a space for everyone to really meet and heal together? And, um, you know, federally that that marriage between both has has really come a long way. So we're just so thankful. And it really lends itself to this idea of family recovery. You know, part of us moving to this new space in the Mosley Mills allows us to open up a family recovery center, which is something that we've wanted to do for years. Mm -hmm. And so being able to host programming in our new family recovery center that is being developed right now is really special to us. Lots to look forward to. Yes. <laughs> Don't blink because things things continue to grow, grow and shift here. For those who may not know, it's only been six years, I think, that you started as a coalition, just a bunch of people gathered after a meeting. And now where you are, it's amazing. It is. Thank you for saying that. Like, really, thank you for saying that, because sometimes it's hard to look out and, and kind of reflect on all the work that's been done by the unbelievable amount of volunteers and community members, you know, folks who have really stayed connected to this cause um, as we do grow and develop. But really, you know, 2015, 2016, there was a group of us who were part of the community and realized that there were opportunities for people to heal in different ways. And what would it look like if we could figure out a way to do this together? Um, but I, you know, none of the success of the organization would be without every person who was willing to share their personal story and spend their personal time on learning new skills and developing support groups and spending their off time and evenings here. So I, 
you know, every board member, every volunteer, every employee, I'm just so thankful for because it's it's their courage to step forward that's really allowed the organization to grow. Yeah, I think listening is a kind of a developing theme. I've had I had another uh, episode that's coming shortly um, where a couple of uh, speakers referenced listening as critical still skill, and I think. You've mentioned it, and it's interesting, too, because even in the kind of the proof in the pudding to me of your success as an organization, going back to the 2014, 15, 16, when I was listening to community, there was a lot of pain, respectfully, because people were trying to find out where to get service. People were having trouble. Narcan was not available. Now the conversation has really shifted because it's once in a while where somebody, if they do reach out, they get routed to you. And it's once in a while where somebody, if they just haven't for some reason reached out yet, then somebody can point them to you. Yeah. It is unbelievable to know what the world in this community was like before these services and programs were put into effect. And to know that if if anyone is struggling, there's a phone number and a location to go to. And not only will they be welcomed with a warm hug and a cup of coffee, but they also won't be charged. That this program that the Safe Coalition has worked hard to develop is by community members, for community members, without the question of what your insurance is. Because while so much of the landscape has changed, certain things haven't. And we are so thankful to companies and donors and grants to be able to to provide this life-changing work because we know otherwise it would be really challenging to provide in this community. You know, what we hear from the community is that they have a therapist, but they can only go once a month. Or they got Narcan from the pharmacist, but they can't get any more. And these are gaps in the system that we want to be able to fill. And I'm so thankful that the community, the police, the fire departments, the school systems, the pharmacists, the pediatrician's offices, um, the pizza shops have accepted the Safe Coalition as a trusted partner Mm -hmm. because without their trust, they wouldn't be giving out our number. They wouldn't be asking um, folks to call us. They wouldn't be sharing our brochures. And so I'm thankful every day that as much as safe is here, that we've built partnerships that folks trust. A good story. And that gives us a natural segue because while there's certainly members of the community, businesses and otherwise, and grants, you still need money. So you're introducing (laughs) an annual campaign. We do. Thank you, Steve. So this is the part of the gig that I am not good at. <laughs> um, so you found your gap finally. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, it is glaring. It's a glaring gap, Steve. Um, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> so um, we are. So for the first time ever, we are having our annual giving drive. And really, we want to be able to make sure that we can listen to the needs of the community, develop programming, and keep that programming sustainable. So right now we have our annual giving campaign, which those funds will go directly to supporting 
community programming and groups. So all of the support groups, all the vaping diver diversion programs, all the purchases of Narcan, all the CPR trainings, all of the after-school programming for teens will come from this annual giving component. And it's a way for us to connect with the community and share our story, which to your point, Steve, there wasn't really a story to tell six years ago. And now we can say with numbers, the amount of families we're working with and the amount of Narcan that we've shared and the amount of phone calls we receive weekly because that matters to people. Like, wait a second, not only is this organization here in my community, but other people are calling with the same issues I am. I thought I was alone. And it's within those stories that I think people feel empowered to call and then also feel empowered to give um, because none of us are without some connection to mental health or substance use. We all either know someone or our, our family is impacted or we ourselves have struggled. And it's a really big deal when you know that you can walk through the door and be met with support and services and by peers. And so, so with that, we have our annual giving campaign going on. We also launched our tree of life. So as we worked with families, we kept hearing that they would love to share their loved one, you know, in some way was safe. And so a way that we thought of memorializing this, one of our board members came up with this was to develop a tree of life mm -hmm. where, you know, um, you can purchase a, a leaf to be engraved, whatever beautiful message you would like. And then that leaf is placed on the tree of life, which is held at our new safe location. Right. And it's just so gorgeous and beautiful. It's hard to envision until you see it. And we received the tree of life a few months ago, but we didn't have anywhere to put it. And now it's here in the safe office. And it's just absolutely stunning um, and, and a beautiful way for community members to share their loved ones with us in a place that really honors recovery and healing and support. Because I think that's the, the one other piece to reinforce is that while you're here, while you're providing services, you're there to help. Recovery is a long process. Recovery is, is the life and living of, of sobriety. It is, mm -hmm. it is the hope in a, in someone's really dark time. It is the thing that bounds individuals together and to see people participate in a recovery lifestyle and then want to share that with somebody else is humanity. It, it, it doesn't get more powerful than that to say, I've experienced something similar to what you've experienced and it hasn't been easy. And in fact, it's been excruciating and I lost a lot of things, but I gained myself back. It is so powerful. And I'm so thankful every day that there's people who are involved with SAFE who aren't scared to share that vulnerable part of themselves. If folks hadn't been aware of the SAFE radio shows that Jim Derrick and Dr. Bergen do on a periodic basis, I'd encourage that. Uh, be prepared to have some <laughs> tissues nearby. <laughs> they are powerful <laughs> stories. <laughs> I mean, I'm with them for five minutes and I start tearing up and the, the radio show is amazing. It's 
it's a beautiful collection of people who are impacted by mental health and substance use. And again, who have the courage to share their story so that other folks don't feel alone. Mm-hmm. And that is, my God, how amazing is that? That someone is saying this, this is part of my life journey and I know I'm not alone and I know others may be listening on the other line and, and I want them to feel connected as well. It's amazing. And one of your other fundraising events coming up is targeting the little ones. Yes. So <laughs> as SAFE has grown and developed, we continue to meet with families who have children younger and younger. And we really wanted to create a space for the SAFE Coalition to meet families um, in a fun, happy experience before um, we may need to meet them in a more serious setting. And so, you know, we, we want to be a partner with the community. We want folks to know who we are and what our faces look like. And the best way that we know how to do that is to create a fun, exciting holiday event. So we are hosting the Jack Frost Jubilee at the beautiful historic Proctor mansion in the center of Rentham. Um, and we couldn't be more excited. We have Santa Claus coming. We have live carols. We have hot chocolate and hors d'oeuvres. We have spirits for parents. And we have sugar cookie decorating kits. And we can't wait to see what all these beautiful kiddos um, create with their sugar cookies. And the pictures with Santa and the singing of the holiday carols. We're so excited. Cookies and kids. <laughs> what else do you need? <laughs> Right. Nothing says the holidays more than cookies and kids. (laughs) Cool. And I'm sure there's that's just the start of as you continue to listen, you'll continue to develop, continue to evolve, settle in your space and continue to grow the programs. And of course, hopefully people will recognize that as they have so far and continue to recognize that and throw some money your way as well. That would be beyond amazing. We know how impactful the work is that we do because we hear back from the key, the kids and the teens and the parents and the individuals that we support. And we want to be able to create sustainability with our programming. You know, right now we are booked out for our vaping cessation program. Mm. So we know that all of our school systems are struggling with vaping on campus or alcohol consumption and vaping on at school events. And so in lieu of a suspension, we want to offer kids a three-day class here at the safe office and have the suspension taken off of their record. And to know that school systems are already signing kids up and parents are signing kids up, we know that the need is there. And we get to meet these kids at a crucial time in their lives and their parents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is it is by the generosity of the community that we can host programs like the vaping diversion program. So we're just so thankful for, for any kind of giving anyone in the community can share with us, especially this holiday season. And it sounds like when the funds are available, you'll get an additional instructor facilitator and be able to do more of those. So you won't have so much of a wait list. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and the opportunities are endless and that's, that's the great thing about safe too, is that we can get creative so right now we have a counselor teaching the program during the school day for three days a week. Wouldn't it be incredible if we could hire another counselor to teach an afternoon class? So kids who don't meet the threshold of a suspension 
and still want to stay in school can attend mm. the class after school. Mm -hmm. And so it's just about getting creative with, with what we can offer um, and the funding available to do that. Well, thank you for taking time to share the safe story. Hopefully people will find it in there, especially at the holiday season, but certainly any time during the year to uh, find some funds and send it your way. Steve, thank you. Thank you for having us and being oh, more than a friend over these last few years. And always, you are you are the leader in giving warm hugs and holding tight <laughs> because there has never been a time where I haven't seen you and you come over and you give me a hug and you ask how I'm doing and 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 that is amazing. And we are so thankful to have you in this community and you as a partner to save. Well, thank you for that. And a quick reminder for the listeners, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.